Hello, and welcome to the Season 5 premiere of Setting the Tone in the Hour Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 1, which is titled Day for Night. The episode aired on September 24th, 1998. Lauren, what was going on over that summer 23 years ago? Y'all ready for a whole page of summer break stuff that we missed? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. All right. Everybody bear with me. We're going to try and do this together as painlessly as possible. I this is I was restra- restrained. I, I showed restraint <laughs> with these. All right. We're in, we're in season five. Let's bring this on strong. On May 18th, the United States Department of Justice and 20 U.S. states file an antitrust case against Microsoft over the bundling of Internet Explorer with Windows and making competing web browsers difficult to install. Specifically, Netscape was named. As... Oh, that's one I haven't heard in a <laughs> yeah. while. We, we know how well that turned out for them. Yeah. Oh, great. On June 2nd, hit show Sex and the City makes its debut over on HBO. The show would run for 94 episodes over six seasons, spawn two movies and a litany of personality quizzes, and is set to be revived via a sequel series in late 2021. It's a big thing for other people. (laughs) So I figured people might appreciate it. I've never seen a single frame of this show. I've seen like two frames. I've seen a lot of memes based on Uh, it. Yeah. I know know how hard 302010 raked the second movie over the coals a couple years ago, like that it was rich people porn. And that it was just the most opulent movie ever made. Are either of you a Samantha? I don't. I literally don't know what that means. That's great. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. No. Like the my favorite meme is like is 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 Samantha Sarah Jessica Parker's character. No. Who is who is Sarah Jessica Parker's character? Carrie. Carrie. It was her. That's it was her. Like after the post apocalypse, she was like, "I survived World War Three, but what about World War Me?" <laughs> 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 oh, to any listeners who enjoy Sex in the City, please tell us why we're wrong. On June 14th, the Chicago Bulls defeated the Utah Jazz in Game 6 of the NBA Finals to win their third NBA championship in a row and sixth in eight years. Fuck Carl Malone. <laughs> and we never talked about the Bulls again. No. <sighs> Over in the NHL, on June 16th, the Detroit Red Wings complete their four-game series sweep of the Washington Capitals to win the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Yep, this this sounds familiar. Growing up in Michigan, I'm remembering, I'm remembering the Red Wings fuss. On August 5th, the American version of the hit improv show "Whose Line Is It Anyway" debuts on ABC with Drew Carey taking on hosting duties and comedians Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, and Wayne Brady joining a rotating fourth cast member for the games. I left, I, that was for you. Thanks. Thought you'd appreciate. <laughs> I do. I appreciate it because they are all treasures, and Colin Mockery needs to be protected at all costs. We haven't watched the new one in quite some time. We need to uh, add it to the list. We need to watch more <laughs> "Whose Line." Yeah. New season, pretty... same bullshit. The, yeah, the reboot was pretty good from what we did watch. Yeah. It took them a little while to get their feet under them, but, you know, I'm, I'm always down for who's The musical lying. stuff is still some of the worst. Some people are here for the musical games. Not in the reboot. Uh, fair. Um, on August 17th, U.S. President Bill Clinton admits in taped testimony that he had an improper physical relationship with Monica Lewinsky, and on the same day admits before the nation he misled people about the relationship. On September 4th, tech mega company Google is formally incorporated. Oh boy. 
Number one movies over the summer include Godzilla, The X-Files, The Truman Show, Dr. Doolittle, Armageddon, Lethal Weapon 4, Saving Private Ryan, Blade, There's Something About Mary, Rounders, and The Mask of Zorro. The current number one movie is Rush Hour, starring Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Holy shit. Like, I feel like this is my first summer of movies right? that I am, like, that I paid attention to almost every single one of those. Like, that's what I like. I mean, not like there's very many, like, all-time great movies in that list, but they're still all movies that I have a very, like, specific memory and time and place of where I was and what I was doing when I was aware of them. I'm remembering being a kid and seeing the ads for Mask of Zorro and yes. Blade. On Mask something. of Zorro was in front of every single VHS I think I had yep. at that time. Like yep. Mask of Zorro was oh, I don't even think I ever saw the movie itself, no. but I oh, I've seen the trailer a thousand times. Yeah, yep. I saw Godzilla in the theaters multiple times because I was nine at yep. this point. I think. Yeah. Also, Lauren and I celebrated birthdays over the summer, but we all knew, we all knew that. Yay, we're tiny babies. Um, I am six now. Thank you very much. Uh. Wait, 88, yeah, 88 right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 10. Uh, so, yeah, I remember seeing Godzilla multiple times. My brother dragged me to see X-Files because he was a much bigger fan of the show than I was. Um, this is the good X-Files my... movie. Another thing I still have to add to my list of things I need to finish watching is X-Files. My dad took me to the cheap theater just to occupy me over the summer to see uh, Dr. Doolittle. Um and Armageddon is one of my favorite disaster movies of all time. Armageddon has grown on me after dating you. Number one songs of the summer include My All by Mariah Carey, The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica, and current number one song, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith, off the Armageddon soundtrack. The Animal Cracker game. Is that when that plays? Is when he's do- dancing the little animal cracker up yep. Liv Tyler's belly? Yep. Yeah, That's I one hate- of the two times it plays. The other time is at the funeral at the end. I hate that I know that. Um, <laughs> Wash thing as hell. As he summits the mountain peaks above. <laughs> or some, or, the, or, or traverses the dangerous valley below. Yeah, it's a whole Sticks thing. Sticks it in your pussy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't actually. It's just into our panties. Uh, I know I have one more to read, but just give me a second. Uh, famous deaths over the summer included Frank Sinatra, 82, Phil Hartman, 49, Sherry Lewis, 64, and Akira Kurosawa, 88. How do you not know Lamb Chop? The Lamb Chop lady, Sherry Lewis. Is that Sherry Lewis? Yeah, oh, that's okay. Sherry Lewis. What? She Formative was the only member name. of my childhood. She was the only name I didn't recognize in this list. So yeah. Lamb Chop? You mean like the puppet? Yeah, the Lamb Chop. The Lamb Chop. That was the just people. a little before my time. I remember when that lady died, but I didn't know it that, was this lady. Yeah, that, that's, that's this lady. That was more Aaron's time than mine. There. I just missed the Lamb Chop train. I so I without looking at the dates, I feel like Frank Sinatra had to have passed very shortly before this episode because I remember being in the car with my mom on the way to school and listening to the radio and they were talking about Frank Sinatra having died the night before. So mm. it had to have been after school started, which would have been like the first week of September. So it had to have been shortly before this episode uh yeah. aired. And then Phil Hartman, that one's just tragic. Like that one's just yeah. that whole thing is just so sad. Like, Can we get a fuck Andy Dick for the for the podcast? Fuck Andy Dick. And just also context. You, um, he gave her the wife the drugs that caused her to freak out. Right? Is that correct? Well, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, he the the wife was so Phil Hartman's wife was 
I believe bipolar uh, and possibly also manic depressive. I know. I know there was a lot of stuff going on with their relationship. She had a she yeah. had a lot of mental health issues that were very poorly treated. Um, and like I think even the the estate I think tried to sue the makers of Pfizer or no 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 Pfizer which was the makers of Zoloft I think mm-hmm. they tried to like sue them after the fact saying that the medicine is what made her crazy. Um, it's probably the opposite but she had had some substance abuse issues in the past and had mostly resolved them like had gone to rehab and had been sober for a while and then the story goes is that she ran into andy dick at a party and he gave her cocaine that got her back on it wasn't like he gave her cocaine and then she went home and killed her husband this was several Mm. months before but like he got her back on drugs and she Mm. spiraled the whole thing she uh she shoots phil hartman murders him and then kills herself um leaving their two children orphaned very very sad story and we we missed out on so much great stuff from phil hartman in the years after like he was everything phil hartman is in he's the best part about it like whether it's saturday night live jingle all the way news radio um just like even shitty stuff like small soldiers like that okay, dumb fucking kid no, movie. No, small sh- small soldiers is a gem of my childhood, and I will not sit here for the I mean, slander. I mean, w- I watched what else it a is lot on? too. I watched it a lot too. And uh, is he not the best part of that movie? He is As the like nosy still. neighbor. Yeah, he's great. What else is on at eight p.m.? Friends with their season premiere, the one after Ross says Rachel. So as we know, leading up to the season finale last season was uh, Ross and I believe his fiance's name is Emily. They're the leading up to their wedding, and then they have the actual wedding ceremony, and he accidentally says the name Rachel. <sighs> Scandal, shock, horror, whatever. So it picks up, picks up. I, I believe, if I remember correctly, the finale or the the cliffhanger of the previous season is him saying Rachel at the ceremony and then they just that's the end of the episode and that's the end of the season and then they pick up immediately following that revelation with this season so uh at 8 30 p.m we have a brand new show uh the series jesse uh a series about a single mother played by christina applegate uh who just recently announced that she's been diagnosed with ms Mm -hmm. pretty crazy um, but a series about a single mother played by Christina Applegate raising her nine-year-old son in Buffalo, New York. It ran for a total of two seasons and 42 episodes before being canceled in 2000. It seems like, based on I, I, the information that I could find on it was a little bit skimp, but it seems like this is going to be a mainstay of Thursdays uh, for the duration of its time. So um, they talk about how it had pretty strong ratings the first season, or at least decent ratings the first season, with Friends being a, the lead-in. Um, but that they weren't able to keep that up in the second season. And so it, it craters pretty hard in the second season and then gets canceled. So uh, and then at 9 p.m., taking over the coveted Seinfeld time slot, we have for the very first time Frasier with the episode Good Grief. Any, uh, I have, I have, I don't recall this one specifically, but I have actually started a Frasier rewatch because I remembered us talking about how this was going to be the new time slot. Yes, and, and Seinfeld wasn't on Hulu anymore. And Seinfeld wasn't on Hulu anymore, but I have the box set. But I figured this was going to be more topical since this is what we're going into moving forward. Yeah. So I'm watching Fra- I'm watching Frasier on Hulu, and also I noticed at the bottom it says CBS. Hmm. So I wonder if it was on CBS for the first few seasons and then switched. To, that doesn't make sense. Are you sure you're not thinking of CSI, which you're watching as well? 
I might be on drugs. Let me <laughs> let me come back to that. But I could have sworn I noticed it because because I, I was watching an episode of Frasier and I was like, huh. But I could be fucking crazy. So we'll come back to that. I always yeah, I always so, think of Frasier as an NBC show. So fair. Then I might just be dumb. But um, either way, it's holding up well so far. I'm still appreciating it. Still a good show. So there you go. Uh, this gets you in the mood for some tossed salad and scrambled eggs. I found out what those lyrics mean. <laughs> I figured out the story behind that theme song. I, I'm good. <sighs> I'm good. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I googled and- it just to be ready for this moment. Okay, Fuck go you. ahead. So the the writer of the theme song was told he couldn't reference Frasier, he couldn't reference psychology, he couldn't reference any of the actual topics of the show. So what he did was he did. They're always calling about this tossed salad and scrambled eggs like crazy people. So it's just these crazy people are always calling me because he's a call-in psychiatrist. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for letting me share that useless information. <laughs> uh, and at 9.30 p.m., Veronica's Closet is still hanging in there strong with the episode Veronica Gets Her Closet Back, which I assume has to be a Stella Got Her Groove Back mm-hmm. uh, reference. Like, we're right about time for that. With future ER or at some point she Angela came out Bassett. as a lesbian and goes back in the closet. I don't think that happened. Not but in the again, 90s. I'm, I'm well. I don't. We're post. We're in a post Ellen world, so I it's know. entirely possible. Post well, Ellen makes it sound like she died. <laughs> well, I mean, her career kind of did this year. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we can't be that far off either from uh, Will and Grace. Like I feel like Will and Grace mm-hmm. has to be coming very soon. Like love me some Will and Grace. That's definitely also early, holds up pretty odds. well. Uh, as far as viewers go, uh, obviously we've taken a big nosedive from last week uh, or last episode. It's not really last week. It was six months ago. But uh, 16 million or so viewers dropped off since last time. Uh, but we've got 31.8 million still tuning in with us for season five. This is ep- this episode is directed by Chris Chulock doing his 15th out of 43 and written by Lydia Woodward doing her 16th out of 27. And as I said, this episode takes place six months after the season four finale. And, you know, this is a new season. We're in season five now. Um, these episodes, te- the season premiere episodes tend to attract some some more new viewers. So if you're joining us for the first time, thank you very much. Um, we would also like to just remind, remind you for your once a season time, uh, we do, we don't, we're not too aggressive with full spoilers, but we do occasionally when it relates to characters or important storylines, we do tend to talk spoilers. So we, we try to be as vague as possible, but sometimes we just come out and say it. And especially with some new characters being introduced this season, it's very worth noting. Yeah. I specifically mentioned that because obviously we are introduced our first scene here. We are introduced to a brand new character. It's who is a personal favorite amongst the hosts and part of and a lot of that is where she ends up that mm-hmm. not and a lot of that is her character arc which leads her to her finale her finale up part so we will be talking some season six stuff as well so, so just be aware we did look we did look this up for jake terrell esquire a friend of the show <laughs> if you want to not be spoiled on this particular thing watch through to season six episode 14 and then come back and listen to season five and hopefully that way <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah, it's gonna obviously yeah. that's a yeah. We'll we'll talk about that a little more as we introduce introduce our new character. Which there we go. So there's your warning. We do. We are are. We, this is a retrospective show. We talk about spoilers. Enjoy. 
Uh, so yeah, like there, so there is no previously on, like, like Daniel said, we moved, we've moved six months from the season four finale. Um, and we get just the only gif that we could find for Lucy Knight <laughs> on anything ever is the iconic shot of Lucy walking from the L with her coffee and her backpack. And who plays, who plays uh, this lovely character here? Lucy Knight, uh, played, of course, by actress Kelly Martin, who was most famous prior to this uh, for the TV series Life Goes On. Uh, but she also did some voice work in uh, a Goofy movie and uh, the TV series A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, where I believe she voiced Daphne in that. <gasps> um yeah, hmm. there you go. See, we're unlocking something in Lauren's brain already. Uh, and she's making her first of 36 appearances here through the year 2000. And yeah, the on a spoiler level, like I think probably more so than any other character we've talked about, certainly to date, and maybe any character in the history of the show, bar none, this might be the hardest character to talk about in a vacuum. Like she might be the hardest yeah, character to, to not talk about the whole thing all at once <laughs> like yeah because it is just an experience spoiler spoiler spoilers to talk about everything leading up to her death yeah next season it's like, a lot like i was not prepared for um the rush of emotions that i was gonna feel the right? second she she appeared for the first time i was just like like i, I like i texted both of you about it i posted it on our facebook group about it like I got legit emotional, like, when she popped up for the first time. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was not prepared for that. I think it's just – I think it's – I you know, actually, I had I felt the same way. And I think for me, it's because she is part of my – it's my personal second favorite episode. It's the one I will rewatch the most in a vacuum. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is All in the Family. Yep. Yeah. And because she's obviously – her being the stabbing victim – is she and her being one of the people worked on is it's just such a, an emotional part and she has so many great emotional scenes yeah with with romano with corday with everybody you know, just that look that she gives carter at the end of the previous episode is just mm-hmm. seared into my brain forever yep. and so i think i just have a lot of i just have so many positive emotions about this show that relate to that that those two episodes her final two episodes that i think that's what really that's why i was so excited because i'm just like yes we can almost talk about those <laughs> see <laughs> and for me i think it was six months more, for me it was like seeing i don't know like an old friend or something like i just had this very like i don't know there was this very emotional reaction to it that i was not expecting it was really, it came, it, it really threw me for a loop. I think for me, part of it was kind of what we touched upon on the wrap up was just that it was like, oh, we are at this phase of the show now. Okay. Yep. Shit's about to get real. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're here. Yeah. We had the Let's prologue, go. we had the prologue of, of phase two and now we're fully in phase two. We're hitting the ground running. Absolutely. Um, but also a guy hit the ground, you know, we don't know if he was running, but, uh, she sees a guy that fell in his fell fell in his head, and uh, she tries to do the. She's only a third year medical student, so bless her heart. She tries <laughs> to do the thing. She has no idea what she's doing, but she sees someone in help, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a doctor here." Oh, okay, again, and she's has no idea what the hell she's doing. But Bye. it's but she but she takes off her lab coat and tries to comfort this guy by putting it under 
his head because he's laying on the concrete. My favorite is, should you move his head? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And just turn her Hawaiian shirt. It's such a cute shirt. Is that a Hawaiian shirt? It's, it's like, it's Hawaiian-ish. It's kind of got a very similar print, but not quite as loud. But that was the closest I could approximate yeah. it to. But yeah, they're right around the corner from the ER. So Carol and Mark come out to assess the gentleman. And the gentleman's name is Mr. Mahoney. Uh, and then we get sort of this whirlwind intro from her perspective of to the ER. So Jen's gone for a month. Just take a couple hundred depositions in St. Louis, so she figured it'd be easier just to stay down there. Her head still hurts. It's just a small scalp laceration, Mr. Mahoney. Nothing to worry about. And she's letting Rachel stay with you the whole time? Reluctantly. But Rachel didn't want to miss soccer camp, so she's staying. Okay, let's get a saline line going. TKO, CBC, and a Chem 20. Want a portable C-spine? Yeah, thanks. And a 12-lead EKG. Can we help you? Just wanted to make sure he was okay. Family needs to wait out in chairs. No, I'm not family. I was just passing by and tried to help. Didn't do much. Just put a coat under my head. I'm sure Mr. Mahoney is very grateful, but passers-by need to wait out in chairs, too. AccuCheck 124, hemo Q 13.8. No, actually, I'm supposed to be right here. I'm a third-year medical student. I'm starting my ER rotation today. Oh, man, is that today? So this lab coat must be yours. Yes. So what should I do? What's your name? Lucy Knight. Well, Ms. Knight, welcome to County General. You need to check in, so I think you should probably wait out in chairs. You don't want me to do anything? Carol? Uh, left down the hall and then a right. Should I at least observe? Left down the hall and then a right. Isn't it great to have a medical student again? Yes, really a real is. medical student. On a purely, like, nerd technical level of, like, how I would, how I, because I always want to, like, do it my way, I would have done the, the bang into the intro right after he says uh well lucy knight welcome to county general like because Mm -hmm. everything that comes after that line feels so tacked on like it feels so just like and then we get the like the bang into the intro i feel like it would have had so much more impact and so much more oomph like because the whole episode is framed around her she is the thing you are supposed to care about in this episode and so i you introduce her and then bam into the intro I just realized I was so excited about getting Lucy. I didn't put if we had bangs or twinkles. I failed. I'll have to put it in it here bangs. now. So that we're, I... we're, we're, off, we're off of the bang. And yeah, please put, put in that in for posterity's so that, sake. For stats' sake when we get to the season five wrap-up. I'm sorry. Oh, no. You might have to go rewatch a great episode of the show again. <laughs> oh, no. There we go. It's on the notes. It's official. In with bangs. But then from there, we get Lucy is waiting in chairs. And around her, it looks like there was a luau gone bad all around her everybody's in hawaiian skirts and just looking looking a little worse for wear and it turns out that a fire twirler burnt his butt and the whole party is there to make sure he's okay and her friend bernard walks over and he was a total oh hey it's that guy on my end but daniel who plays bernard he is played by actor vince best of luck to myself with this last name uh viluf 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 uh, he appeared in stuff like Rat Race, Firewall, Grind, Epic Movie, among uh, other things. This is making his first out of three appearances as Bernard. Yeah, Lauren and I know him from Rat Race. I've seen that movie too many times. Um, but Weaver has him taking the audio tour on a Walkman. And Lucy asks if she can practice drawing blood on him later. Uh, then we go from there. Uh, we see a trauma rolling in, and uh, Lucy runs over to, or runs into Jerry, rather, I should say, who introduces himself as the quote, unit service coordinator. 
Uh, ah, we have missed Jerry. He instructs her to drop her stuff off in the lounge and then join the trauma where she heads in where Lily, Chuni, and Yosh uh, rapidly hide a cake, uh, which they are uh, planning a surprise party for Jerry, whose birthday is today. Uh, Yay. They call uh, call Jerry out for the unit service coordinator nonsense. I believe it's Yosh who's like, he's just the desk clerk. Like, yeah. <laughs> he only does that for the newbies. Yeah. And, okay, so this next audio clip, yes, it's self-indulgent. Yes, it. if we were a bigger podcast, it'd probably get us some, like, DMCA nonsense. But honest to God, it's four. It's almost four and a half minutes long, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. But if you just, like, if you want to get the exact pacing of this episode, the exact, like, just how bad of a foot she's given to stand on to start off with um just just if you just want to know about lucy these four minutes are will give you an excellent uh an excellent primer for her character um so we start with it starts off with uh rachel hey rachel's back um playing games on the computer when lucy happens by and then after that gets sort of sucked into this whirlwind tour with mark so let's listen in excuse me i'm looking for jerry oh he went down to the roach coach to get his breakfast burrito that's why my dad says he's <laughs> what did you do um not much actually i was hoping jerry knew if there were any extra lab coats around oh they keep them under the desk great so your dad works here yeah he's one of the bosses well he used to be the only boss until dr weaver butted in Oh, here they are. Thanks. What's your name? Rachel. I'm Lucy. Hello again. Oh, hi. Mark Green. Lucy. Nice. I remember. Rachel, what are you still doing here? I'm watching the desk for Jerry. Uh, only for a moment. Mrs. Williams doesn't pick me up until 8.30. Yeah, well, it's 8.35. Good luck on your game. I'll pick you up at the Williams before dinner. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye, Jerry. Happy birthday. Thanks, Rach. Settling in? Well, actually, I haven't... Hey, Jerry, would you call radiology and tell them to hurry up on those films for that clavicle in two? I was waiting out in chairs, just like you said. Uh-huh. That leg lacking for any sutures? Doyle or Carter? Yoshitakata, Lucy Knight. Hi. We met. Hi. Sitting in chairs, huh? Well, we better get you going. We'll start off with charts and the board, quickie tour, and then we'll see if you're ready for some patients. Aren't I supposed to be assigned to a resident? Later. First, you grab a chart to pick up your patient. No jumping over for a more interesting case. Mm-hmm. Then you put your initials here, patient's name, chief complaint, and what labs or films you've ordered. Why don't you try one? Uh, patient's name is Clements, and chief complaint is molt lack. Multiple lacerations, right? Waiting a head CT and suturing. Doctor's MD, which doesn't actually stand for doctor. That means Maggie Doyle. Don't worry, you'll catch on. So you're thinking about emergency medicine for your residency? I'm not sure. This is my first rotation. Curtain area one, curtain area two. Exam room one, this is exam room two. Oh, and this is Dr. Carter. Why, Carter's one of our finest second-year residents, even though he does appear to be sleeping on the job. Lucy Knight, third-year med student. Hi. Hi. Sorry, Dr. Green. I haven't been getting much sleep since I took that RA job. Ah, life in the dorm, huh? Better you than me. Patience, Carter. Place is lousy with him, right? Hey, 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 hey. This is trauma one, which I think you've already seen. Who are we saving? Nobody. He's arrested twice. Another soldier to the drug war. Tucked away in his pants. I'd like you to meet uh, Lucy Knight, third year. 
Doctors Benton and Weaver. Nurses Lydia Wright and Malik McGrath. Two units on egg on the infuser. You know Mr. Gamely? Bernard? Uh, yeah, I just saw him. As soon as he's done with the headset tour, I'll find you. I think you'll find it very useful. Okay. BP's 40 pal. He's flatlined. Thoracotomy tray. Come on, Malik. Five of that I need another test tube. Trauma two. Blissfully quiet, which is the way we like it. This is the suture room where Dr. Doyle is suturing. Lucy Knight, third year. Hey. Hey, nice to meet you. Oh, who's Sleeping Beauty? Uh, Mr. Clemens passed out. He got way too drunk and walked through a plate glass window, you idiot. Dr. Doyle likes to throw in a little attitude when presenting a patient. Is he going to be OK? Oh, yeah, as long as he doesn't mind some big, gnarly scars. You have now reached uh, the Mr. Gamely, I presume? Yeah. All right. Drug lockup's in here. Lab is down the hall. Radiology around the corner. Exam room before. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry to barge in. Hey, you got a minute? Sure. Yeah. Be right back. Lucy Hi. Knight, third year. Doug Ross, pediatrician. Hi. How are you doing? Fine. All right, Ms. Knight. Why is otitis media found primarily in children? Because they have short eustachian tubes, so the fluid doesn't drain properly and makes it the perfect medium for bacterial infection. Okay, treatment? Uh, moxicillin or pediazole, although current thinking holds that we may be over-treating because many of the cases are viral, so antibiotics aren't necessary and may contribute to increasing resistance. Okay, assistance. pretty good. Textbook answer. You want to see some real peds cases, you come see me, okay? Hey, Ma. Elizabeth, Lucy Knight, third year. Dr. Corday, surgical resident in cowboy boots. Aren't they fabulous? Just back from an interview in Denver. How do you do? Nice to meet you. How was your trip? Oh, the interview was fine. The mountains are lovely, but the city's a bit flat, isn't it? Now, don't let the residents abuse you. You're here to learn not to be their indentured servant. See you later, Mark. Thank you. Mark, labs are back on that rule out, Mark. All right, thanks, Lily. Okay, well, that's about the lay of the land, so I'm gonna go check on a patient, and I'll find you later. What am I supposed to do? Well, grab a chart, help someone out, just jump right in. Uh, one thing, trauma two, whose films are those? Another thing, whatever happened to Corday's trial? I know that's not the subject here, but I just realized we completely dropped the ball the on that. The trial got bobbed. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. The trial got bobbed? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Should have included that in the list for season four. Yeah. But also, you know, I don't even work there, but Jesus Christ, if that was my orientation, <laughs> holy shit, I would be so fucking lost. And I don't even have ADHD. Well, I probably do have ADHD, but I don't actually have a diagnosis of ADHD. Like, like Lucy does. Mm. Yeah, but she's medicated. But still, that doesn't yeah. make it. That doesn't make it. Make it. You it's know, still a whole lot. Perfect. It's yeah. it's not perfect. I know. Even for even for someone who didn't have an attention deficit disorder, that would still holy shit, Mark. Yeah. Although, There's... and we get their first interaction with her with her and Carter, which Carter will be the crux yeah. of her storyline. Carter and her, Lucy. Her whole 36 episode arc. Pretty much, yeah. Which, but I like too that, I mean, you're getting glimpses and, and dips into just about every character pool here. I mean, you're, she's mm -hmm. touching base with just about everybody. And, you know, it's, as Jake said when he saw this episode for the first time the other day, like, it feels like a soft reboot for the show. Like, it feels like mm -hmm. they are, they are rebooting the show with, with Lucy now as the new main character. Um, and then a couple things to keep in mind too, that I didn't mention when I talked about her, um, Kelly Martin, when I, when we introduced her, like, keep in mind, she is 22 years old in this episode. She is 22. Think about what you were doing at 22 Jeez. and like, she is now being basically handed the keys to the kingdom 
of this of the number one show on the number one network and is got an audience of 31 million people watching waiting to see if she's gonna fuck it up on the first day like not only is it the first day for the character but it's the first day for this actress too and it's just crazy i mean and and as i think i mentioned on the i can't remember if it was the wrap-up or the delamico episode but um she's also this this part was written with her in mind like they never auditioned anybody else for the part of Lucy. They never considered anybody else for the part of Lucy. This part was always written with Kelly Martin in mind for it. And like, I just, I'm just trying to put myself in that headspace and think about the pressure that that must have been like that. We're going to basically frame an entire episode and it's our season premiere episode. And we're going to build it around you. And you are basically going to be the new main character going forward. It's like, how do you not, either a completely collapse under the weight of all that pressure or B not completely let it go to your head and just be a, a complete asshole. But it's like, I mean, and you also have to, and you also have to remember too, in this particular, in this particular set of little things here, there's a lot of long one takes in this. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're like, I noticed that almost unbroken. Like I noticed that. Yeah. Going back, it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. So it's like you talk about like the trauma one takes. I feel like I feel like almost I almost feel like these one takes would be harder because there's so many more moving parts mm-hmm. going through going winding through the ER. Yeah, so much potential for one little thing to go wrong. You know, somebody drops a clipboard, somebody, you know, misses a a cue and you know stops a half step too short or too late and it just completely throws off the whole rhythm of the scene. It, it's incredible just incredible also we keep this frantic pace too for a lot of the episode Mm -hmm. it's the whole thing yeah pretty much but it is nice though that she sort of plays like audience surrogate Mm -hmm. so we can get caught up with hey what's what's up with doug what's up with Mm -hmm. everyone pretty much (laughs) because literally she meets like everyone (laughs) everyone but two which we'll get to later carter's still poor so but he's poor with a beard yeah. now, which I relate to. He's, he is, yes. How do we feel about the beard? I'm pro beard. I am pro beard, obviously. But I, I mean, I see it on your face, literally. But, but I'm but I'm pro I'm pro uh, Carter's beard. Although I mm-hmm. I don't think I grabbed it because it was like a sub comment to a response. So I don't think it'll be in the like wall of listener responses at the end of this episode. But uh, there was a very serious debate going on about season five Carter beard v season 10 carter beard and apparently season f- mm. apparently season five carter beard is considered to be the inferior carter beard so i i really i don't remember season 10 carter beard right off the top of my head so i'll be interested to see you know how that goes but yeah they apparently the 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 assessment was that uh season five carter beard was douchey and season five or season 10 carter beard was better less douchey so who knows because he gets it while he's over in Africa. It's it's yeah, it's a more benevolent beard. I don't know. Yes. Uh, from there, Lucy wanders back into trauma one. The guy has been down for twenty five minutes, so they call time of death. Lydia offers to show her how to do the death kit, and Lydia goes to grab it, and Lucy is left staring alone at the dead body, and his cell phone rings. And that phone is actually pretty small for a nineteen ninety eight cell phone. But Lucy answers it and takes a message. And then we see, uh, we go right from there, we see Lucy taking the audio tour, which is apparently very poorly designed because the admit desk instructions actually <laughs> take her to the men's room, 
where she runs headfirst into Bernard and he's like, oh yeah, no, the, the tour is garbage. He's like, this morning when I saw you in chairs, I was supposed to be in the suture room. Uh, <laughs> so we then see Doug walk up who uh, we find out he has to get his procedures cleared with Carrie as part of his punishment for the uh, methadone detoxing from the end of last season. More developments to come on that. And uh, Carrie tells Lucy to grab Carter after the tour, furthering their pairing. So we'll check in with him a little bit later. And then we see uh, Jerry trying to hang his birthday sign at the uh, admit desk. And uh, Mark takes it away, in case you thought asshole Mark was gone forever. I was say, a little, little asshole Mark. But, you know, we this season is all about asshole Carter. Mm-hmm. Are we ready for this, folks? No, but let's do it. Okay. Uh Carter gives Lucy a breakdown of his patient, and she gives a pitch-perfect diagnosis right in front of Mark and shows Carter up using her. She's a little, uh, what do we want to call this thing? Is it like a digital assistant or just a little mini computer or what? I'd kind of call it like a, it's kind of like the, um, the early, like, it's not a, it's, yeah, it's in between a PDA and, a, and an actual, like, laptop. Yeah, it's yeah. not a Palm Pilot, but no. it's a little, like, folding little mini ke- thing with a keyboard that obviously has some software on it because it's, she's looking up medical s- stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've never seen anything like this outside of this show. Yeah. So, so who knows? Um, yeah, but Carter is very not pleased, uh... And Mark said, and very, it just sort of gives Lucy the cold shoulder. And Mark says, it's probably not a good idea to show up the residence. <laughs> Real fucking helpful, Mark. I do like when she replies back where she's like, by giving the right answer. And he's like, he basically is like, yeah, it's kind of fucked up, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like, Tricky, isn't it? <laughs> sucks to be you. Uh, but we, we were all there. All right. We've all been there. Might as well continue this cycle of drama. Uh, <laughs> we go from there we see Carter examining his patient Mr. Zwicky who uh, had blood in his urine as of a few days ago uh, he's been working some long hours in construction uh, Lucy then jumps in for the history and Carter kind of not only gives her the cold shoulder but actually gives her kind of a literal shoulder where he kind of just like edges her out with his shoulder and back just kind of like nudge. Yeah, he not, just kind of like shove yeah he just kind of like slyly nudges her out of the way uh, and Mr. Zwicky here is played by actor Ken Kershaval, who appeared in the TV series Dallas, uh, the original series, not the uh, reboot, uh, and the movie Network, and unfortunately passed away in 2019, so just a couple years ago. Our first first guest appearance. <laughs> our, first, our first dead random patient of the season. Um, Lucy then tries to apologize for the rash diagnosis and is like, basically like is like i don't want to spend i don't want to only do histories i spent two years learning how to take a health and physical i'm willing to help these patients and so carter hands her off a patient to do her full h&p assessment and plan and then come find me so he's giving her a shot here and the the uh care or the patient that lucy is going off to assess miss lydell uh, is played by actress denise dows who appeared in stuff like the movies ray Requiem for a Dream and Pleasantville. She is probably, I think, our high water person for this episode. Has 122 credits to her name. And we do nothing else with her after they meet. Yep, pretty much. She just shows up, has a little conversation with her, and then we don't really address Miss Lydell again. 
And then we go on to trauma two. Lucy interrupts Carter in a trauma to say Mr. Zwicky's labs are back. So Carter's in the middle of working on a big trauma with the big doctors. And Carrie kicks him out of the trauma to go handle his patient. The labs aren't great. And Carter kind of passive aggressively says, can you give me a differential diagnosis without using a computer? And Mr. Zwicky is getting dressed to leave because his wife has been in chairs for hours and he has a big project he has to work on tomorrow. So he wants to get going. But Carter tells him that it might be cancer and he needs to stay to get checked out for another day or two. And Mr. Zwicky says his buddy just had a bladder infection that caused him to piss blood and asks for antibiotics because that should clear it right up. No big deal. Don't you no love it when Don't you love it when people tell you how to do your job? No. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but you probably wouldn't get as much of that in your line of work as accounts payable versus a doctor. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Really? We're not going to get into it. Okay, okay. I will ask. Okay, we, we can talk about that another time. Patreon.com slash Setting the Tone Podcast nope. for a lounge episode. Okay, or not. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Setting the Tone Podcast because you love us. Um, yep. Yeah, so Carter talks to Lucy and says, we'll give her the full picture to try to convince the wife to convince the husband to stay. And then he bails to go help with the central line. Like, Carter, my dude. <sighs> Lucy's doing her best. So Lucy interprets that pretty rightfully, pretty rightfully so. It's the way he said, the way he, specific language he used to say it, to, to says it, implies that, oh, I'm going to go do this. You should go do that. So Lucy goes to find Mrs. Wiki and explains what's going on, but just all in medical terms. Ugh. Like, oh, we need to admit him for, and lists all of the, exact medical tests that they would <laughs> like not even with some abbreviations thrown in there just, just to for, be extra fucked yeah just just for just for kicks and after she finishes it cuts immediately to the zwicky's leaving and the guy says if it just doesn't if this doesn't clear up then i'll make arrangements with my regular uh, to get with my regular doctor yeah your cancer's gonna clear up there buddy i felt so bad for her in that moment like because you just know like you know, like Jake also mentioned this when he was watching this too, how like he identified so much with Lucy as like a young professional who feels this pressure to know everything on the first day. And like, you know, she's able to spout off all this like complex medical terminology and differential diagnosis and everything. Like she's, she's doing the thing and I'm sure in her own mind, she thinks she's killing it. You know, like she thinks yeah. that like, I'm, do I'm, I'm doing so good. I, this is the moment I've been waiting my entire life for, you know, and, and she just hasn't learned the like nuanced, you know, parts of the job where you have to like, yeah, make things relatable and make things not scary and make things not seem overwhelming. And like, she just hasn't learned any of that yet. And I just felt so much for her in that moment of just like, Oh honey, like you just want to give her a hug. Like it's just, it's, it's, yeah. Step aside, well, especially, take a deep breath and start over. Well, especially after this audio clip, you want to give her a hug. So let's listen to this. You talked to her. Yeah, I thought you said to go find what her. What did you say? I told her about the chances of hypernephroma prostatic carcinoma. In those words, yes. is there a problem, Carter? Mark? Just like Carl. Patient wanted to leave AMA. Miss Knight mistakenly explained his condition in medical rather than layman terms. Why is a third-year medical student doing the explaining? Where were you? assisting Dr. Weaver to trauma, but I didn't tell her to do it. Yes, you did. Look, I hate to break in. We've got a helicopter landing with a blunt head trauma. You told me to give her the full picture. I didn't mean you. Ms. Knight, why don't you come with us? 
So Mark throughout this whole episode is just like when Carter's being a prick, Mark's just like, no, come, let's go. Come, <laughs> come, this come way. be over here with me. Without ever actually addressing Carter's shitty behavior. Yeah. Well, no, because that would involve consequences for the golden boy. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and, and, you know, he's tired because he's poor. Important bit of like contextual, you know, visual context there is like when he says, I didn't mean you, he's quite literally talking down to her as, when he he bends over to because there's a big height discrepancy between them. He yeah. bends over and puts his face directly in front of her as though she is a child. And it's yep. just bad. I mean, OK, so I guess now is as good a time as any to talk about this. Like. Where, because I feel like the Carter heel turn here comes a little out of left field, especially if you were watching this cold and you don't know like the full picture, like you don't know how things are going outside of all this and where this is all going. This feels like compared to where we left Carter at the end of season four, this feels a little bit out of out of left field, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, it really does feel like it comes out of left field just because it's like. End of last season, we get, okay, he's a little pissed off with Max and Anna, but, you know, he's doing okay, and then next thing we know, he's this. Yeah. And we don't really have a lead into his character to have this justified why he's such an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like a big escalation. Like you said, he was he was cagey around Max, and I'm sure he was probably somewhat bitter to have lost out on that fight to Max, which we don't even know that yet to this point in the episode. But um, I don't know. It just seems seems like a big escalation from compared to where we left him at the end of season four. But in any event, we go from there to the roof where Mark has taken Lucy up with Carol to the roof for the helicopter arrival. And poor sweet baby Lucy here loses her scrub sheet, goes to grab it, uh, gets locked on the roof uh, as they're wheeling the gurney in. Uh, finally manages to make her way back downstairs and runs into the trauma room where everyone is. And Carol playfully jokes with her about getting locked out, says it happened to her as well. And uh, we get to see Mark here doing a little bit of good Mark Green teacher uh, moment here where he runs her through the Glasgow Coma Scale evaluation, uh, which she pretty much aces. Uh, the I can't remember if we mentioned it or not, but the patient here is a firefighter who uh, fell 20, I think it's 20 or 25 mm-hmm. feet on 20. onto a concrete f- slab uh, and hit his head. So it looks like he's, I think they said his uh, GCS score is four and Mark says you get three for being alive. <laughs> so he's in a rough way. Uh, but he tells or asks uh, Lucy to stick with him today. Uh, which honestly with the way Carter's treating her is probably for the best. And I did want to point out in this scene because I really liked it. And I thought it was very appropriate. Uh, the Exodus score makes a return in this scene as they're kind of looping around working on the GCS evaluation. Uh, we get to hear that nice kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's a little bit twinkly, but a little bit more, it's like high tension twinkles, you know, like you're, you're, I don't know. It, it sets a very, very specific mood for the scene, and I love, I loved it in Exodus, and I love that it makes a return here. Let's move on to our next uh, audio clip. Uh, Lucy's hanging out in the lounge. 
We should just have the cake at the admit desk. No surprise in that. We could put it in an exam room, have them check on the patient. Didn't we do that last year? The last two years. <laughs> kind of noisy, huh? There's no place to work around here. Nope. But hey, at least you get a locker. I didn't get one for the first two months I was here. Yeah, I guess some resident left the program or something. Right, Dr. Delamico. She went back to Philadelphia to work in the pediatric ER. We don't have one here? Might get one if Dr. Ross has his way. Anyway, Anna, Dr. Delamico, thought it was a better opportunity for her. Her family's there. That's where she's from. There was this boyfriend that she was involved with. <laughs> anyway, you got a locker out of it. I'm sorry about Mr. Zwicky. I really thought you asked me to talk to his wife. Sometimes the suture room is pretty quiet. I hate him in this scene. I hate him so really? much. <laughs> He's such a fucking prick in this scene. And which, you know, we finally get our, our grand uh, Delamico resolution where we find out that she went back to Philadelphia to be with Max. Great. Um, but yeah. just the entitled way with which he starts talking about that whole situation when no one asked. Like, no one asked for that context in that room. Like, nobody was like, hey, please tell me what happened with her. And he just goes off in this very, like, he comes off like such a, like, nice guy. And, like, in the most internet term possible. Like, he comes off like such a nice guy there where, like, oh, she decided to go back to Philadelphia. She guess she thought was better for her. Like, she passed all this up to go back to Philadelphia to be with her shitty boyfriend. Like, he's just such a <laughs> entitled little asshole here. I'm hot shit and she's not. Yeah, look at me with my beard. I'm awesome. Like, no, it's just, uh, cannot stand him. Uh, but then we go, Lucy is working in an exam room where she's finally found some peace and quiet when Lizzie and Benton walk in. Um, but they don't see her behind the curtains. So they're flirting and making out because Corday has been gone for six months and Corday has been gone for six months and Benton's happy to have his lady friend back. So they're all cute and kissy, and Lucy is watching and mortified, creeping through the, uh, through the... Through the curtains. Thank you. Um, and Lucy does this amazing ninja thing where she <laughs> silently gathers up all her papers, crouches off the gurney she's sitting on, and, like, crab walks out the door, shuts it quietly, and then all of a sudden Malik is right there. And... It's just like, hey, uh, Carter's looking for you because there's a pregnant woman to examine. Exam two. Ben Day is alive and well. For now. For now. We'll enjoy it. And Elizabeth's showing off her amazing uh, cowboy boots, which I just have to share. Yeah, she does a little, like, the, she, the, like, the, the, the heel. Pop. Yeah, the, the foot come up a little bit. <laughs> it's called a foot pop. Foot pop? Okay. That's what Princess Diaries taught us. It's called a foot pop. I've never seen that movie. I know, and it's a shame. Um... <laughs> But then Lucy gets to exam two before Carter does, and she sees Mrs. Draper, who has had two previous miscarriages and is currently pregnant, cramping, and spotting. And Carter comes in and runs a very professional exam with her, and it just shows how far he's come from when he was a med student. He's very, you know, like, courteous with her. He's very to the point. He goes through the full thing smoothly. And then... Um, he's going to have to do a pelvic and they, they go outside of the room for a minute. And Lucy says she should stay out for the pelvic because the patient is distraught. And Carter's like, well, of course she's distraught, but you being in there has nothing to do with it. How are you going to learn? 
which is one of the few fair points he makes in this entire episode yeah also can you imagine season one carter doing this no I can't. I can't really imagine. <laughs> like, I can't really imagine season one card doing much of anything that he does in this episode. Like he's. That's fair. And I should. I like growing a beard. That yeah. I don't think he was. I don't think season one Carter was capable of growing a beard. <laughs> uh, I should point out here too because I I mislabeled it in the notes. I thought that the next scene with her in it is her first scene, but it's actually here. Mrs. Draper uh, is played by actress Barbara Winery, who appeared most famously in the TV series Saint Elsewhere. Uh, but was also in True Blood. Hey, well there you go. Uh, but the scans are back on the firefighter. Uh, so Mark grabs Lucy. There's no subdural or epidural hematoma, so there means there's nothing they can do surgically. And basically, they say that most of his brain has been destroyed by little micro hemorrhages and like brain swelling. Isn't it like axial tears? Yeah, just it's not great. Not great. There's not. There's yeah. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. <laughs> So, which is essentially what they tell his uh, buddies, right? Like they go out and, and talk yeah. to the firefighter and the, the medic that are out there, uh, which the firefighter, otherwise pretty insignificant character, but he is an oh, hey, it's that guy. So I felt compelled to point him out. Uh, actor Nigel Gibbs, who appeared in stuff like The Truth About Cats and Dogs, Naked Gun, 33 and a Third, uh, TV series General Hospital, and a uh, recurring role on both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So. Hmm. Oh. He was uh, Hank's detective friend in the uh, Albuquerque police. Yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Tim, I think the character's name gotcha. is. Gotcha. Uh, and then while they're yep. in the trauma room, uh, paramedic, the, the air medic uh, mentions a new job for director of EMS as a side hustle for Mark, uh, which, according to Mark, has no salary and no perks. So, <laughs> hell of a job offer. Hello. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a way to get offered a job. Yeah. And our air medic here is played by actor Alex Scooby, uh, who most famously had a recurring role on King of Queens uh, and apparently is making his second and final appearance in this episode. Apparently, he was also in season four, episode 20 of Past Regret and Future Fear, but we didn't catch him, so must not have made too much of an impression. Uh, and also, I think he looks kind of like Dave Matthews, so do with that information what you will. I can see it. Uh, but uh, we then. But did he dump eight hundred pounds of shit on on Chicago? I, you know, people? you'd have to ask. I don't think so. But it's because <laughs> the real Dave Matthews did that. It's entirely possible. Uh, we then see Bernard taking the audio tour again, which Lucy calls him out on. Is like you already took the audio tour, but Doctor Doyle doesn't know that. Actually, she does though, because immediately after <laughs> that, she says, "How many times is he going to take that thing?" Which I'm already excited that Maggie Doyle in the first half of this episode has gotten more to do than she did the entirety of season four so i'm already like isn't it good to have her i'm happy for her it's been so weird because i just started watching csi again and it's so weird to see her in 2000 as like you know a main secondary character on that compared to you know her maggie doyle days and just how much she grows in between this time and then definitely and it's it's so cool. Are we just gonna have to like throw like a very Georgia Fox centric episode of CSI on the? Yeah, I, d- I don't really know for, for movie reviews. Essentially, I don't. Yeah, I don't know a very like. Did, has she done movie roles? Like, I don't. I can't name a Georgia Fox movie off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't know, but I'll gladly watch CSI. 
Um, but then Carter is doing the pelvic exam on Mrs. Draper. Lucy is clearly not paying attention to what Carter is doing and instead just awkwardly staring at Mrs. Draper or looking at the floor. Like, she's not actually using this as a learning moment. Um, it turns out Mrs. Draper has unfortunately had another miscarriage. Um, and Carter and Carol leave Lucy in there with her while they go, you know, to call OB and everything. And... I just noticed they just leave the tray with all the pelvic tools just sitting out unclean. And it's like, wouldn't you just, Carol, wouldn't you just take that with you and go go, go do what you need to do with that? Turn that room? Mm. Um, but well, yeah. because no, they said they're going to observe her for a while. Well, yeah, but still, like, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily need that. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Lucy's left alone in there with her. And Mrs. Draper says, I've never made it to nine weeks before. You know, I thought it, everything was okay. Why is this happening? And she's just crying. And Lucy's a little deer in the headlights. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. This scene is brutal. It is absolutely Gotta have brutal. a little drama with our medical drama. Yeah. And but yeah, it, of course Lucy wouldn't be necessarily like looking like right away. Because that's really that's got to be really awkward for someone who's still in medical well, school. Well, it's even like... it's even more awkward that she keeps making eye contact right, with the yeah. woman while Carter's yeah. As someone who's had to get pelvics, I'm just saying though it's an understandable reaction. It's like, oh, that's strange. She, vagina. Oh. her her facial expressions too are also very like she's not doing a good job of hiding her her yeah her discomfort and just kind of her internal monologue while this is all going on. Like she's not doing a very good job of hiding that. Which is just, I don't know, the whole scene is just so uncomfortable, which is the point. Yeah. No, if I, if I had a med student who was doing that as I was getting a pelvic, I would ask them, like, hey, my bits are down there. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. <laughs> like, do it. You're here to learn. Stop looking at me, please. I am not a human. Just pay attention to what's below the sheet. Like, ugh. No. And let's move on from that. Um... Pay attention as Carrie yells at Jerry to move a patient to the morgue. That will come into play later. Um, and then Doug asks Carrie about another procedure. Carrie advises Lucy to come along. And this is the kid from Matilda? Mm-hmm. A movie I've never seen. I haven't seen in 20 years. How? How is there such a gap in our experiences? Yeah, this is the kid that in Matilda that has to eat the chocolate cake. I thought he looked familiar. Huh. Anybody? Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, but they're going to do a needle aspiration on a mass in the back of his throat. Better than just, like, cutting it out or anything like that, which is which would be more invasive. Uh, Lucy asks why Doug needs approval from an attending, and Doug gives her the spiel about the, the, the rapid detox kid. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I did the right thing and a baby's off methadone, but now I have to have all... Now I have to run all of my procedures by attending sometimes it's a trade-off yeah i I really like this doug like i i love Mm -hmm. kind of i don't know what you would call it like just like post he's like post denouement doug like he just has he no longer has anything to fear at this point like he has flown as close to the sun as you can possibly fly and has managed to survive and is now just like yeah you know it is what it is like doesn't really seem to care much about his career or like advancing or like anything like that he's all just about i did what i did and here's the deal like and just i don't know yeah it it makes me a little bit sad that we're almost gonna lose him you know that we are gonna lose him very soon because like i kind of wish we'd gotten to see like not jaded but just like you know 
rougher veteran old guy dr doug you know like where we had gotten to see him where he really had been through some shit and was just sort of just like eh, it's a living you know that guy like i just want that <laughs> guy you know with doug i think that would have been super cool but the guy that we get with with uh mark and in over the next couple yeah seasons. you know like it would have been cool to see like the the full realization of that character but uh we then see lucy helping a woman coming in uh she's of course a little bit attractive so jerry's all about it as they're coming her in che- checking her out as she's coming in uh they first move to curtain one but uh then jerry realizes that a corpse is still hanging out in curtain one so they decide to redirect ever so gently over to uh at one of the other exam rooms and jerry actually like kind of hooks around she's hurt her foot so they're helping her walk in so he kind of hooks arm in arm with her as they start walking towards the exam room and the camera does this amazing move between the two of them that i love so much because it's on a steady cam and so that means that there's a guy holding the camera that has to walk between the two of them and the camera goes right between their shoulders and they're holding arm in arm so it means right it had to be timed just perfectly that as soon as the camera crossed between their two arms they had to let go of each other and walk around the guy holding the camera so that they didn't bump into him or anything it's that kind of like a little attention to detail with the the technical bits here that i'm just like such a fan of it's so cool um and also a little bit attractive i mean yeah she's she's a pretty lady she's she is julie actress julie bowen yes. is peak 90s hot to I, me i, just, I had a raging I, crush on her when i was <laughs> when i when back before i knew what such a thing was i just saw her filmography and i was like yeah okay it makes sense yep now. she was yeah. in happy gilmore uh tv series modern family uh horrible bosses uh, among many other things, uh, she's making her first out of nine appearances here. So Roxanne, yep. really, Roxanne's yep. gonna be with us for a little bit here. Is she? Correct me if I'm wrong. Is she the the cousin wife, or is that later? Like, is she not is, like Carter's cousin's ex wife, who's not Chase? Like, I don't think so. I think that's, that's a different. Later. That's a different because there's because there is a moment yeah. between the two of them later in this episode where they're talking in a very familiar way. So that's what led me to, yeah. and I remember that lady's a blonde too. So I was like, "Is it no. this, this the same one?" I think, I think he was just chatting with her the way uh, Jerry chats with her. Gotcha. Later. I think she's just she's just selling people on insurance. Yeah. Yeah. But Happy Gilmore was one of my favorite movies. Yes. And during this during this time. Yes. So- um, but then on a bit of a tonal shift, Mrs. Fernandez, the firefighter's wife, has shown up with the family. And Mark pulls her aside to give her her husband's status. And the whole time they're having this very serious, somber discussion. In the background, on the hall wall, there is a sign of a baby that says, if only they came with instructions. (laughs) And it just distracted me. Both times we watched this episode, it distracted me so much. It completely pulled away from the emotional weight of the thing. I was just like, yeah, she's getting terrible news, but... there's this ridiculous baby poster behind them, and I can't focus on what's actually happening in the episode. You know, it's supposed to be this dramatic moment, and then it's just, if only they came with instructions. You know how much baby. I love a good sign on the wall. I yeah. keep such an eye out for them. <laughs> Shout out to season three. I'm Crack! Doing it, I'm, I'm doing it in CSI, too, because there's been there's been some um, 
some interesting ones on there. So it's just, it, TV signs are just something I'm noticing more now in offices and stuff. I, I like too how they they uh. seem to switch out season to season because like you notice how the cracks disappeared after season three and like there was like mm-hmm. there's other like so I, it makes me realize that it, like in the production design or set design within that part of the staff there had to have been meetings yeah. each season about what kind of signs they were going to hang up that season there, was, <laughs> there had to there have was been. there was actually a sign for an aids walk in one of in the yeah. exam room where mrs uh uh mrs draper is that's the kind of stuff i want to know about well we're gonna go over to uh carter air getting a cut on a diver's foot uh the guy doesn't know if he has a tetanus shot and carter asks the million dollar question to lucy do you think you can handle an IV? and the answer is no well the answer she gives carter is yes the actual answer is no uh, and lucy asked carol for help basically right away because it should because she doesn't want to torture the patient she doesn't want to pull a um carter and frank yeah exactly <laughs> um so and carol is so incredibly sweet with her and we'll see if that gets repaid later on or not mm. But who plays uh, the, our patient, Mr. Reinhardt? Yeah, here? patient Mr. Reinhardt, played by actor Chris Connor, who appeared in stuff like Altered Carbon and American Crime Story, where he was uh, <laughs> he was in the O.J. Simpson season, and he got to play. Uh, interestingly, at the time that the show came out, was not disgraced, but is now disgraced. Uh, masturbating on a Zoom call, journalist Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, <laughs> He, he played Jeffrey Tubin in the OJ miniseries, and uh, then it was after that series came out that Jeffrey Tubin did that. So, ooh, whoops. Yikes. Not great. How is American Crime Story? Uh, the OJ one is really good, um, except for OJ. Like, OJ OJ okay. is by far the weakest part of the OJ story, uh, just because Cuba, Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. is very miscast in that. Um, but season two, the Versace murder is excellent like that one is super like i the guy who's playing the killer is so creepy isn't it uh, darren chris i believe so yeah yeah i started watching it and i have to finish it really good but it's on my list um sorry to get us off track but then we go over mark has lucy do a buddy tape on roxanne where she dropped the weight on her foot and that just means you tape the pinky toe to the toe next to it and Lucy does it com- so well. Yeah, Lucy comes in, and Jerry and Roxanne are so cute together as they chat. And Lucy's awkwardly um, trying to tape up this woman's toe as Roxanne's talking about insurance and says, "You really need to focus on, you know, disability, not necessarily life insurance, because statistically, you're much more likely to be maimed or mutilated than killed." Hmm. And they invite her to Jerry's birthday party. Because Jerry, Jerry, throughout this entire episode, knows he's getting yeah. a party. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to have a party later. You want to come? It's very cute. And then Lucy takes credit for the IV Carol did when Carter says good job to her at the admit with Carol standing right between them looking ice daggers at Lucy's face. This will become probably the most bizarre of Lucy's storylines. It's all weird. Um, And Mrs. Fernandez pops over to the admit desk and says that she needs to take the kids home and will come back tomorrow to discuss with Mark what they what to do about her husband because currently he's being monitored but since there's nothing they can really do it's the decision of life support or just letting him fade fun (laughs) yeah so let's go from right there into a party let's listen in Jerry Jerry 
Get over here, please. I mean, what what does it take, I'm, huh? I'm How many sorry. times have I asked you to get this body to the morgue? I will call them again, no, Dr. No, you will not. No, you will not call them again. You will take this poor soul over there yourself. <laughs> Dr. Come Weaver, on, I'm not... Jerry, it's just a corpse. It's not like you've never seen a dead body before. Uh, I gotta go pick up Rachel here some dinner. Why don't you bring her over to our house? We're having a barbecue. Really? About an hour? Yeah, we'll do that. Come on. Thank you. Mavens are mutilated, huh? Yeah, I know it's not a pretty picture, huh? No, no, no. Tell me more. I can't believe they're having a party. It was such a horrible day. Yeah, well, tomorrow's gonna be even worse. I just found out I gotta sign to Dr. Doyle. When did you hear that? Dr. Weaver told me. You were Dr. Carter. Oh, man. Nah, if I was you, I'd consider yourself lucky. He thinks I can swim. Well, at least we survived day one. Yeah, I was incredibly busy. I basically did nothing and helped no one. Well, at least you got to see some patients. Dr. Doyle won't let me near a single one. Yeah, I saw some patients. Hey, you want a piece of cake? You want a piece of cake, Morn? Always. <laughs> I love that that's such... I love that that's such a good moment. Like, that that turns into such a good moment. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it starts out as such a bitchy carry moment. <laughs> like, like, I know. Yeah. I, I, you know how we talk about how I am Carrie. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I related to that so much, and I was like, oh, this has been my work life. If oh God! Need, because if you need someone to sell something like that, Carrie is act- yeah. absolutely yeah. the person to do it. No, you will not. You will take it yourself. <laughs> we'll take He's, this poor soul. It's just a body. Like, oh, uh, I was just like, there's not many days where I have the harpy thing going on, but I was like, oh, I feel that. Oh, and no. then it was turned out to be something cute, and I was like, okay, that's even better. I'm just a bitch. Yeah. But. Mm. So it's such a nice moment. But uh, we go from there to close out the episode. Lucy goes into the trauma room uh, to speak with uh he's not dead yet but he's you know obviously very 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 not not it's not looking good for our firefighter mr fernandez so she goes in to to speak with him it's actually a very well done very emotional scene um i'm a big fan of it i used it as the clip for this week's episode like it's 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 remarkable to me how in just this one episode we've managed to show um almost all the various aspects of what makes Lucy Knight such a great character. Like, this is arguably, I think, for my money, one of the best character introductions, not just for this show, but maybe for any show ever. Like, if you want to really highlight a new character and show in one episode or less who they are, what they're about, and why you should care about them, this is like a case study for that. Like, this is is a masterclass in how to make you care about a new character. Once you know where everything about her character... I think this is an infinitely rewatchable episode. Oh yeah, like this one's a sol- like this one is solidly. Like we'll get into it in a minute, but yeah, I mean we're we're basically there. I mean the only thing I really have beyond that is that um uh I sort of alluded to it earlier, but we do have two big omissions this episode as both Genie and Romano are credited this episode, of course, but do not appear. So which Ooh. you know 
this is this is a, an episode that's that takes a uh, takes its time and takes particular focus on one character. So it stands to reason that at least one or two characters are going to get the short end of the stick. So that's I, I can't say that I'm surprised. Um, and I know it's all coincidence. Like I hundred percent know that it's all coincidence because they obviously like like we've talked about before. They had big big plans for Lucy. Lucy was one hundred percent going to be the new Carter. And so there's no possible way that any of this was in their minds when they wrote it. But there's a lot of fucked up foreshadowing in this episode. Like there is a lot <laughs> with, the, with cake. the cake and talking about insurance and like you're much more likely to be maimed and get the, the like there is a there is yeah. a lot of if you watch it with that knowledge in mind, there's a lot of fucked up foreshadowing in this episode that I am like, oh boy, this is you could just you could just point to Carter and Lucy and be like, why not both? Yeah, like, huh, this is... <laughs> yay, yay, yay. But uh, no, uh, fantastic episode. An incredible way to kick off the season, letting you know that it's a new day, and I am yeah. so excited about it. Yeah, this is a solid, solid 9 out of 10 for me. I only take a point off just because it's a little bit too frenetic at some points, but I think that's by design. Yeah. So I would have liked it if they would have slowed down just to pump the brakes just a little bit. But yeah, but I think that's just, I think part of that is by design because of, like I said, that whole four and a half minute clip is just Lucy. Like, what's this? Right. What's that? What's this? Her, what's her that? being that audience surrogate, they want you to feel just as overwhelmed as she is. Yeah. And it's a, like, it's just, it's not, it's not my favorite. So it's still good in the context of the episode, but it's not my favorite. So. But, like, this is solidly, like, top five episodes we've watched so far for this show. It's up there. For me. It is definitely up there. Yeah. Like, I would put that, like, I would personal. I personally would put this above, like, a hell on high water. That's. Yeah, I think, I think having watched both of them back now. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Just because of just, eh, it's, you, you know what I'm saying. I'm repeating myself. This is an excellent episode. Lauren, what'd you think about it? Um, I have to give it a lower score. Because I'm I'm gonna be that person tonight. I would give it an eight and a half, oh. <laughs> maybe an eight. Like I'm, I'm giving I'm, it a lower well, score. Okay, so- I would give it a half point less, which is such a Lauren. Th- it's a lower score. Such a Lauren thing to do. I'm gonna be super critical about this. Eight and a half. <laughs> Did I say I was gonna be no. super critical? I just said it was gonna be lower. That is technically lower. She is the queen uh. of pedantic. Yep. Um, but no, eight or eight and a half. Because like, yeah, I'm excited. Lucy's back, but this always seems to happen with me the frenetic episodes i just have a really hard time embracing hmm. there's something about them that just i struggle with yeah so it hits what we need to it gets us ready for the season it's exciting that lucy's here but eh, we don't I, we don't really have a super strong patient through line which is to be expected because it's lucy she's getting her feet wet she's not gonna be with one patient very long but those are really what i cling to yeah so it's fine. It sets I us up. But. I actually, lo- I actually love that we actually like because in the previous like frenetic episodes that we've had, we haven't had anything to cling on to. But at least here, we have Lucy. Yeah. It, it always comes back to Lucy for the entire episode. Yeah. So that's I think what makes it more. I don't want to say bearable. Bearable is the wrong word, but it's what came. It to keeps mind you first. grounded. Like you always have something. Yes, you always have something you. to come back to. Like. She really is. I mean, I guess this formula could have gotten 
old if they had just done it over and over again but part of me is like why didn't they do this for every new character you know like why didn't they take one episode yeah and build it all around their perspective of the episode i mean why didn't we do this with nila why didn't we do this with abby why didn't we do this with you know like there was just there's no reason why other than the fact that you worry that it might have gotten stale why because it's just such a perfect way i'm i'm so on board with this character that we've spent 45 minutes with then I am the Delamico had an entire season and I never got this on board with her. And we've had 45 minutes yeah. with Lucy and I'm a hundred percent bought in. Like, I'm like, all right, let's go. This I our girl. Never been this on board with Maggie. Yeah. Doyle. Like this is, this is our girl. Let's fucking like, go. And it, we just it, it, masterclass masterclass of storytelling to introduce a new character cold that you've never seen before and have never give, been given a reason to give a shit about and by the end of the episode she's your absolute favorite and you can't wait to see what happens next all right we've ranted enough about this episode lauren what we have a lot holy shit daily said this is by far the most listener responses we've ever gotten mm-hmm. the most we've ever gotten for any yes. single episode only the second time ever that i've had to cut responses off because there were too many yeah so this is we're we have like almost a page and a half worth of them but even then there's way more that we couldn't get to. We could be here all night. But Lauren, lead us off. I'm going to do my best. Um, first off, Michelle K says, Lucy, she's so adorable. And Carter is a crap teacher. He's back to being season two or three Carter when he's just a procedure junkie. Ignores a patient who probably has freaking cancer to put in a central line. Dude, you've done a bunch of those. All that character growth from season three to season four is out of the window. What the hell? Now this poor guy probably isn't going to see a doctor because you couldn't be bothered to actually teach your student, Carter. And I understand that seasoned RNs know more than the med students, but Carol needs to stop acting like it isn't Lucy's first day of her first rotation. As far as everyone else, I don't like Roxanne. She's annoying and pushy, though I'm sure she's awesome at her job selling insurance, but it annoys me how long she sticks around. I do like fellow med student Bernard, such a dorky nerd. He'd be a Patreon member of this pod for sure. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Seeing Mark back in full-on teacher green mode, it makes me happy. This is a man that Elizabeth can fall in love with, not that asshole from season four. And happy birthday, Jerry! Now, when are you taking this body to the morgue? (laughs) I want to address the Carol part of that, too, because this came up in a couple of people's comments. Did y'all think like did y'all think that Carol was mean to Lucy this episode? No. I didn't either. And yet no, it came up. Not. There was a few comments I, like this that was like, Carol needs to stop being mean to Lucy. And I was like, no. did we watch the same episode? She was sweet about the getting no. In the beginning of like, I I no. could see like based in the beginning because like they thought she was nobody. Yeah. No. She she's very sweet. She's like, Oh, you know, you got locked out. I've had that happen too. Like yeah. she's she offers to help her with the IV. Yeah, no, it's I think Carol's fine. All y'all need to lay off Carol. Lay off my girl. Yeah. Robin I says, My, what a short memory John Carter had, being new and overwhelmed and terrified. Almost like later on when Elizabeth stood at the podium, possibly for an M&M, when she was redoing her intern year and talking about how she had to suffer through ridiculously long hours simply because others before her had suffered. I get the whole wanting to weed out the weak, but I felt that Carter was particularly difficult on her, especially on day one. Carol wound up having to cover for her so much, I can understand her frustration later on, but I'm not sure it was justified from the get-go. Carol covered for her once. <laughs> That's Lauren interjecting. Carol covered for her once. Robin, I know we agree on a lot of things, but Carol covered for her once. Yeah, also, a good point on Carter. Yes. The fact that he he was an intern twice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Fish out of water intern twice. Anybody should get it. It would be and him. And the whole thing with Elizabeth's M&M, also an excellent point. Like, somebody does call this out eventually, but not soon enough. Um, Katie H. says, Oh, I have so much to say about this episode. Firstly, I remember when I was a baby EMT. He fell, and he's bleeding a little bit. <laughs> Carter treats poor Lucy like dirt. I remember thinking that when Mark told her to jump in and help with patients, that's a liability waiting to happen. Yep. Lastly, I need to know what this death kit is. I've heard it referenced, but I don't think we've ever seen it. What could be in it besides a body bag? One of my favorite episodes. That's a good question. I should have I asked Nurse Jen that. Maybe sutures to close up any wounds. That would pr- t- that bl- would typically be something that would be done in the morgue, I think, because they would need they might need to do autopsies. I don't know. I'm just waxing waxing poetic here. <laughs> But yes, please ask Nurse Jen, Daniel. Um, Audrey T says, I'm so glad I watched this yesterday to be able to comment on time. Season five, we are here. I completely forgot Vince... Vi- Vi- I, Daniel, I told you you'd be fine, and now I'm like, <laughs> what? Vince... How'd we decide it was? Viloof? Sure. Sure. Was a fellow classmate of Lucy's. He was a hoot and rat race. Thank you for using hoot. hoot. And friends, and acts the same way here. I did note the Where's Anna comment. Still not happy about that, but whatever. It was nice to see Rachel again, though. About halfway through, I was thinking, where's Jeannie? I also read somewhere this is the only instance when a new cast member is introduced and their name appears in the intro at the same time. Go Kelly! Spoiler! And apparently the glue storyline in a couple episodes later and Carter's beard was a way for the writers to get him (laughs) to shave it. I liked how he looked. Uh, All right, I'm going to tag in for just a second. Franner W says, Oh, Lucy, for someone who was such a relatively short-lived character, Kelly Martin did such a good job of stitching her into the ER tapestry. I love her little earnest face, her eagerness to please, the organized Ritalin chaos, the palm computer, Kelly Martin, the palm computer, Kelly Martin does it perfectly. And I just love this episode. Just one episode, and we already know who Lucy is, and that Carter's going to be a terrible teacher. Again. Love the light relief of the other student wandering around with the Walkman trying to do the talk oh trying to do the talking to her and Carrie's absolute belief that is an effective method of orientation. <laughs> That's such a it is such a weaver thing. Oh yeah. It's such a middle management thing. Yeah. I would totally do that. I would totally be like, yeah, I'm gonna set this up and it's gonna be real useful for everybody. And then nobody uses it or they all use it wrong. Uh, Maria B says, This right here was the beginning of my Carter hatred. Dot 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 dot. <laughs> oh god. What the hell? Jen. This is all you. You want me to handle this? This is all you. You're better at reading these than I am. You just wanted the short ones. I'm on to you. Jen T says, please don't hate me. On my recent rewatch, my first thought during this episode was, God, I forgot how fucking annoying Lucy was at first. Part of that is me projecting, but her complete ineptitude just drove me crazy. I ended up liking her, but the first few episodes I wanted to thump her. I'm with Maria. This is where my five-season-long hatred of Carter begins. We really start to see the beginning of holier-than-thou, I'll do what I want because I'm the smartest Carter, and just, ugh, I hate that aspect of his personality, and it's on full display from here until about season 10. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, I'm I'm thinking back to to how disillusioned Jake became with Mark because his storyline stretched a solid 15 episodes. How is he going to feel about Carter being a dick for the next five years? (laughs) 
But Carter's is a little more diluted. It is, and it's and it's there's more. Carter. There are redeeming moments in there, and there's there's high drama in there, like and there Ups and, and there's downs, no Cynthia. Yeah. That's the other thing. There's no Cynthia. And with down. Carter, there's a lot of excellent episodes. Yep. Yes. And the, and his arc is much more nuanced yes. than than Mark's just. And being he never a dick goes. He never goes he... full blown like falling down racist like Mark. Why? Did. Why yeah. didn't you say full dick bag there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> was I supposed to? I didn't. I'm so I, I, I didn't. No, uh, no. Just, just full email. dick bag sounded like it would have been great. Um, but Jen goes on to say, and does Carol just exist to give the cold shoulder to med students? It's a pattern with her. We get it. You didn't go to med school because you. Ch- I'm laughing because my co-hosts are both just up in arms. You didn't go to med school because you chose nursing, but not everyone makes that choice. Sure, Lucy was a jerk for taking credit for Carol's work, but the Hathaway smug fest gets tiring. But Jen, we also know that you have a personal vendetta against Carol, so we'll let it slide. Guys, I feel like this is the the Delamico thing all over again. We're having a Berenstein, Berenstein, Barris situation. Yeah, did we watch the same episode? Did we watch the same episode? There, there's like one moment where she's like, kind of like mildly annoyed that Lucy takes credit for her doing the IV, and that's kind of it. Way worse with she was way worse with Jeannie. Yeah, or or Corday, like she was not happy about yeah. Corday talking to Doug at the beginning. Like, I mean, there's just, I don't see it. I I would love someone to walk me through this and and show me where she's being a bitch because clearly there's something there. Four, three, four different people pointed it out, but it's just like, I don't. I watched the whole thing. I don't feel like that was the case, but it's just that's just me. Well, Marielle says that I was upset she wasn't upfront about her lack of IV skills. John should have walked her through the process personally on day one. Yeah. It, right. it would have it would, <laughs> that would have made such a nice kind of I mean you could argue it'd be a little bit corny but it would have made like a nice little rhyming moment with Carter and Benton's first interaction yeah. that's the first thing Benton does is teach Carter how to do an IV so yep Anna R says it hurts so much because we know how it finish and also it starts with Carter being the biggest jerk he has been the whole season's prob- series probably I guess we have to kind of repeat this Benton Carter mistakes as a teacher student and last but certainly not least, at Bazinga esque on Twit on Twitter. I love that handle. It's so good. Is it Jake? Is it Jake in disguise? It's Bazinga Esquire. Yeah, it is Bazinga Esquire yeah. because Law comes up in the answer. But uh, I don't unless it's ah. a burner. Unless it's a burner, and I know that he would rather die than go on Twitter. I don't think it's Jake. <laughs> also, does he like Sheldon? No. That, that's what I thought. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Um. But at Bazinga Esquire says on Twitter says, I love this episode. I ended up going to law school, not med school, but I can completely identify with how she wants to impress everyone and jump right in. She's a go-getter. And I love her character from the beginning. I like how she challenges Carter to become a teacher. There you go. There you go. Dang, everybody. You that gave was, us some. Yeah, this round was, of applause. I, lo- for... I have to say this. I love when our listeners don't see things the same way we do. It's so good and it's so challenging they to wa- our... They watch like the VHS versions and we're watching the Hulu version <laughs> or no, something like no. that. No, I love it because it challenges us because we're a little echo chamber over here sometimes with how we all view things. So it helps us get out of our echo right. chamber a little bit. And even though, guys, sorry I was sassing a bit about Carol, but like it helps us see things in a different way. So yeah. thank you again, everybody, for commenting and interacting. It really helps. And I'm so glad Daniel added this as a feature to the show because these are so fun to read every week. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to about wrap up our episode for today, though. Thank you all very much for listening. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash Podcast. 
For only a dollar a month, you can get access to our show notes each week. And for only $5 a month, you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews, and over 20 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes, a bonus show called The Lounge, where we talk about whatever's going on, going on for us in our lives and the world in that moment, movie reviews, where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and flash forwards, where we do commentary track on a future, where we do a commentary track on a future ER episode. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at Set the Tone ER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash setting the tone podcast. And we are at Setting the Tone Podcast on Instagram. Also be sure to check out the official Setting the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is Y-O-U dot E-L. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. And Lauren, where can folks find you at? Uh, folks can find me on my personal Twitter at lowbob92345. I also want to point out that Daniel's insane and has ordered the Whose Films Are Those design as a sticker. So we have we now have three stickers to choose from. We have Team Jerry, Setting the Tone logo, or my face. Yeah, and we are still determined. We will figure out how we want to distribute those to existing patrons. Probably just going to send out, send out to everyone who's subscribed for more than a month at this point but who knows we'll figure it out you have those to look forward to um but you can also find me on twitter i am at random gamer that's jm3r as well as on still on the popular courts youtube channel still playing mass effect legendary edition <laughs> uh yeah same season no a new a new season same same youtube series uh new episodes of that the new episodes of that are out every Friday, and you can find those videos and much, much more at youtube.com slash thepopularcourt. Thanks again, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time, and have a great week. Mm-hmm.